0: subject looking at the very heart of, of who God is um, also just to point out that we've this is the last but one in this particular series uh, next week we've got a uh, guest speaker Graham Pickhaver who often uh, drops in on zoom meetings and has come to meet with us physically when uh, when we have been in the in the village hall um, so there'll be next week with Graham and then the fo- the following week will be the last one in this particular series as we look at the this last part of two Corinthians May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. So that will culminate the the series. Then we've got a couple of weeks uh, before we get into the kind of Christmas uh, season where I thought it'd be good to have two messages where we particularly are thinking of friends to bring friends to listen in with us. Or invite friends to to listen alongside us. So maybe in the next couple of weeks, think of someone you can invite, uh, and maybe a non-Christian friend who you can invite to come along to listen to a couple of services that will be particularly aimed at them. Uh, just before we get into December, so that's something to think and pray about. So we'll have a special opportunity to present the gospel uh, to to friends, either who can sit with us, although that's looking less likely now, or maybe we can invite them to join in Zoom with us. Well, let's pray. Heavenly Father we thank you for this amazing opportunity that we have to look at your love and we thank you that we love each other thank you that we're a fellowship who do love each other and we thank you for that and we pray that as we look at your love that we would be reassured afresh uh, of your grace and and the way that you're looking upon us as we go through our lives through the ups and downs knowing that we have a God who smiles on his people a God who loves his people dearly And Lord, that our love for each other and our love for a lost world will grow as we get to know your love better. So please speak to us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Great. Thank you. Let's um, think about a question. Are we ready for a revolution, for a love revolution? And uh, we've just read it from a prayer. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the holy spirit be with you all are we ready to put out our men to that prayer you'll see in the picture uh, from a family visit to Ironbridge, and we see that bridge over over the river there and that's a symbol of the industrial revolution but i want to ask you again are you ready for a love revolution now we've been looking over these weeks at the instructions about rejoicing uh, striving for full restoration we're in 2 corinthians 13 if you didn't know Uh, to encourage one another to be of one mind to live in peace and the god of love and peace will be with you so we have instructions for us to follow and if we make them part of our thinking and our attitudes as a christian fellowship we will experience the god of love amongst us we will know his work and his presence amongst us and that's an exciting goal isn't it to think that when we we meet together we can have this exciting and wonderful experience that god is there speaking to us challenging us in his word moving us to to love him more moving us to love each other more teaching us rebuking us encouraging us leading us and we can sense the activity and the presence of god amongst us so it's a wonderful prospect and it's exciting to think if i if we as a fellowship concentrate on these things we will know the god of love and peace amongst us now uh, Paul and Timothy write this closing prayer right at the end of 2 Corinthians 13 the letters from these two uh, from the apostle Paul and from his uh, co-worker Timothy and we have this prayer right at the end for the Corinthian Christians may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all so it's a prayer right at the end of the of this of this letter so that is Wonderful. And in verse 11, as we started the series, we see there's also a promise. So at the end, there's a prayer, may the grace and so on. And at the beginning of the section, there's a, a promise that if we put these things into action, we will know the love of God and peace. Sorry, the God of love and peace amongst us. So in verse 11, there's a promise of God's presence. And in verse 14, there's a prayer for more of God's blessings amongst us. May the love of God be with you all, is the closing prayer. So it points home the fact that we need God. We need more of God. We need his blessings. We need to bank on him that he will keep his promise to be amongst us. And we need to pray to him as well. The two things go together. So it's a picture of a desire for God. We want more of God. We want God amongst us. And it's a picture of dependence upon God. We're praying to him. We're praying for these things, these blessings, for to know his love. And it's a picture of trusting in him and turning to him. We trust him for his promises and we turn to him in prayer. And these overlap and, and they fit together. And also, it emphasizes action and change. Action and change. You see, the goal of God's presence is not just a nice feeling. The goal of God's presence is not just like, for example, listening to some, to some nice, relaxing music and, and going out feeling good. Sometimes, God's presence leaves us going out feeling concerned maybe I've got to do something about this I've got to change I can't carry on carry on as I am God's presence with us is dynamic it it brings wonderful if uncomfortable challenging but good helpful changes to us it's not a static thing it's not just a passive enjoy a nice feeling and nothing else it's active it changes changes us and we need to be aiming for the right things as we can see aim for to rejoice to to, for maturity for full restoration to encourage one another to be of one mind to live in peace there are things that we need to aim for things that we need to actively get involved with and then as we do that the lord will really get to work amongst us as a fellowship his presence will be known and that's wonderful and we experience this but we we also want it don't we It's not just something that we're told to do. It's actually something that we we want to do because we want God. We want more of God amongst us. And when God is at work amongst us, it will be active and dynamic. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ will will bless us and, and shape us and change us. And we looked at that last time. And today we're looking at the love of God. We're praying for God's love, not just in a sense of appreciation, but that this love might change us that it might develop us that there might be a revolution of love so the challenging question at the beginning of this message really is do you want the love of God to shape and change you do you are you putting your amen to this prayer at the end of 2 Corinthians now to have this prayer answered it might not be as comfortable as you imagine it might be things serious things need to change in your life in my life but it will have more wonderful consequences than you could ever dream. So it's good to take courage and pray this prayer and give your amen. I want more of God's love. May the love of God be with you all. Now, we see that next that grace needs to release love. I'll just get my mouse here. That's very good. Grace must release love. We can see a picture of a dam there with a the water behind that dam. Now I want you to note that when Jesus and the Holy Spirit and God are mentioned in the the same sentence God there in that sentence refers to the father so when it says made the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit uh, we can as it were assume that that the Paul there, there is talking and referring to God the father so Paul is emphasizing in this prayer that the father as the distinctive giver of God's love the distinctive giver of god's love now of course the son and the holy spirit are also givers of the love of god but there's a distinction made here jesus the son as we saw last week is the person who demonstrated god's grace in the clearest clearest action of grace giving himself to die to save us the grace of our lord jesus christ because jesus died for us that and because he took the legal penalty for our sin he unlocks a flood of something from the father that is in the heart of the father now god is all-powerful but god being all-powerful doesn't mean that he can do anything anyway and that's something we need to get our heads around the bible tells us that god cannot tell lies god cannot sin so god is all-powerful but he cannot do anything anyway god is all-powerful and he can do anything but he will do it the right way the right way so god is a holy god as well as all powerful and that means that he's not like some concepts of god that we have in other religions where he can literally do anything anyway god will do things the right way because he is a holy god now our fundamental problem is that god is just as well as love that's our fundamental problem because we have all sinned against god the bible tells us that clearly we know from our own consciences justice must be done to all of us at some point because we're sinners and guilty so although god has an eternity of love to share with us like the water behind that dam god has an eternity of water to share with us the bible says our sins have separated us from god and we will face him as our judge so we have a serious a serious we're in a serious position we're in a serious condition God's grace though made the way to release God's love to us the Lord Jesus took the penalty in our place in a supreme act of grace the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and now the gates of the dam are opened up the gates are opened up for God's love to be poured out upon us Romans 5 verse 1 to 5 tells us about that tells us about how the grace of jesus has opened up the gates for god's love to be poured into our hearts it says therefore since we have been justified through faith we have peace with god through our lord jesus christ through whom we gained access whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand and then verse five because god's love has been poured out into our hearts through the holy spirit who has been given to us so the son Who acted in that supreme action of grace unlocks the floodgates, the barrier that of sin that kept us from God and His love. The Holy Spirit organizes the flow. It's through the Holy Spirit that this has been given to us. But the flow itself is love from the Father Heart of God to our hearts. God's love has been poured out into our hearts. So we see this amazing truth that grace must release love. We're guilty our sin keeps us from god pouring out his love upon us as he desires but grace is made a way and grace must release love and that's why we need to become a, a christian that's why we need to believe in jesus that's why we need to repent of our sins and turn and believe in jesus as our lord and savior because he's the one who opens those gates we need him so it's essential that we become a christian essential that we believe in jesus now, let's think about the origin of love, where love comes from. Now, imagine a time before time. Imagine before the creation of the world. Think of eternity past. It's hard to grasp, isn't it? It's hard for us to get our heads around that that concept. But who was there? Who was there right then? It was God. Now, did love begin with people? Did God if you like create love when he created people did love begin when the first two people were on the earth maybe when god created the angels is that the beginning of love well the bible clearly points out the fact that no love was there before time began in eternity why because the bible again clearly says god is love god is love god doesn't need us to be loving god didn't need angels to be loving god didn't need the world the creation the universe to be loving god has always been love but there's one god there's only one god so how can there be love because love needs others to love love needs others to share with to give to bless now although there is one god only one god the bible tells us that god exists in three persons right at the beginning of creation it says let us Make the heavens, let us make man in our image. God said, let us in, in the creation description, there, the creation account. And as we go through the Bible, we can see these clues and hints that there's one God, but more than one person. And when we take the whole Bible and, and look at it as a whole, we see that God exists in three persons one God, but three persons Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And so there was always in eternity a divine family of three love thrived forever in the trinity so the origin of love is god god is love now nabil qureshi in his fantastic book and i really recommend it to you i've listened to it on audible um i'm sure other um uh, list, book listening devices um um kind of you can get but um his, his book is called no god but one Allah Jesus and it's a fantastic book and it, it explains his reasonings in his journey from being a committed Muslim to becoming a Christian and even though the Trinity is a mind challenging subject uh, Nabil tells of his of its great significance in his own journey coming to grasp it but also its great significance in our understanding uh, as Christians of God as love and the God of love Now the Islamic concept of God is one God. But, of course, no son, no holy Spirit. it is an absolute one. if you like, you could say a lonely one, an absolute one. The Christian concept of God is one God, but one God existing in three persons: the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. and as you look at his section in that book on this subject, um, he points out that, that this love and this kind of divine family is fundamental to who God is. God is love, and Nabil recognized as a, as a Muslim struggling with uh, with the debates between whether jesus is god or allah is god uh, the very practical consequences of the that these two concepts of god that he was wrestling with for this time long time and in the end risking his life he became a christian so it's a wonderful story please i uh, uh, recommend, recommend the book to you now let's think about the words of jesus our savior our god and savior just before jesus went to the cross for us he prays to the father and we get an insight we get like kind of a glimpse into the into the mystery we get to see what it was like before time began in that lovely relationship with God we get to see the origin of love John 17 verse 23 now Jesus is is praying for our unity and then, then he continues praying to the father you sent me and have loved them that's us even as you have loved me father i want those you have given me that's us to be with me where i am and to see my glory the glory you have given me because you loved me before the creation of the world righteous father though the world does not know you i know you and they know that you have sent me i have made them known to you and i will continue to make you known in order that the love you have for me may be in them and that i myself may be in them What an an amazing insight into the mystery of the very nature of God and the love in that divine family between the Father and the Son and, of course, the Holy Spirit. That's the origin of love. That's where love comes from. Now, let's ask the question, what is love? What is love? Now, the essence of who God is, as we know from the Bible, it says several times, God is love now love has emotion, emotions associated with it very strong emotions sometimes and, and they're good but in essence love is not a feeling it's a choice of mind and will to bless another love is not a feeling it's an act of your will don francisco's song in, in a song but it's a choice of mind and will to bless another that's why love needs the other it's an attitude with actions it's an attitude that has actions towards another now love can only be seen in the actions it produces love is essentially practical however we feel love is practical if we turn to one john and john was an apostle of jesus we've been looking a lot of what paul uh, what paul said in two corinthians but uh, there are other apostles of course and in one john chapter four verse 13 we see Uh, Another way of putting it, but looks lovely and beautiful nonetheless. This is how we know that we live in him and he that's God in us. He has given us of his spirit, and we have seen and testify that the Father has sent his son to be the Saviour of the world. God's love in action. If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God, God lives in them and they in God. And so we know and we rely on the love God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God, and God in them. Whoever lives in love lives in God, and God in them. So we can see that God's love was practical. God gave His Son. Jesus gave Himself for us, and for us, love is also practical. It's not just a feel-good factor, but it's something to be lived. It says, "Whoever lives in love," or that that can be translated, "Whoever walks in love." It means the same thing. Whoever has a life that is loving lives in god and god in them so love god's love was supremely practical and our love needs to be supremely practical we see that it motivates mission in two corinthians uh, chapter five verse 14 it says therefore christ's love compels us because we are convinced that one died for all so it's a compelling love a love which compels outreach and mission towards others We can see how Paul writes to the Corinthian church and this is a a very passionate letter that Paul wrote to a church. We've noted in previous weeks how that the Corinthian church was a church with its problems. They were changing for the better and things were a lot better than they were and things were going on for good. Good things were going on, but there was still some resistance to the teaching and authority of Paul and his team. Some people still causing trouble uh, in, in the fellowship, sadly or at least influencing the fellowship one way or another Uh, and now we get an insight into the kind of leader that paul was in the the light of uh, and we in the light of this and we see his pain and we see his love for the church 2 corinthians 12 verse 15 says so i will very gladly spend for you everything i have and expend myself as well if you love me if i love you more will you love me less paul had the experience of of loving this church so much being willing to expend everything and and at least sensing from and seeing from some uh, a kind of a a rejection of him and we can see his pain in his love for for the church here and this love of this man paul for the church was obviously from god now of course there's nothing wrong with the 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 feeling of falling in love that's another aspect that we think of as love don't we nothing wrong with deep emotions in our love for each other as brothers and sisters in christ but when we answer the question what is love love is fundamentally more than just a feeling it's an attitude and with action some people can love the, the feeling of falling in love that rather than actually loving someone and um, they actually fall in love with the idea of falling in love uh, and the the emotion and the, the kind of hormones that are released when when people fall fall in love, and some people can be addicted to kind of falling in love, the emotion, the feeling of love, but without any real action or care for the person who's the object of their love. But God's love and the love that 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 should shape us means action. It means that we we do something about it. It means change in us. It means seeing the needs of others and doing something about it. And this applies to love in marriages, in families, in church life. It must be practical. Love is essentially practical. It 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 is for God. In Romans 5, verse 8, we see God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. God made a way to break open that dam, made a way to break open that barrier between us and God, so that his love could be poured out on us, so that we could experience his love. And it should be the same for us. 1 John 3, verse 16 to 18. Says, this is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. If anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need but has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? Dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. Now, the experience of God with us and the prayer for the love of God to be with us as we can see in this last part in 2 corinthians 13 these two aspects means that we should not just think in terms of church as in an event in even simply in terms of uh, of meeting up and the experience that we have when we meet it also includes what we do when we are not with each other because love is not simply something that we, we experience in the meeting when we congregate together it is something that should shape and change all that we are throughout our lives day by day And that means that this love should flow out into the week, how we care for each other and look after each other. However blessed we feel when we meet in person or online, our emotions of love to God and each other might be stirred as we hear the preaching and we are moved by the singing and so on. But if that doesn't translate into practical prayer and care for each other, then we haven't got it yet. Love is essentially practical. And so then I want to ask you again, are you ready to say amen? Are you ready to say amen to this prayer? May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Are you ready to say amen to that? We want the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ to characterize our church family, don't we? And we want the love of God to shape our community. So we pray for them. May the grace, may the love. And next time, may the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all and as we pray for them God will answer us now in verbalizing this prayer we also engage our minds and our wills with what we prayed for and we prepare ourselves to receive them and that's why praying verbalizing our prayers whether we're thinking the prayer or saying it out loud whether it's in private or altogether the reason why verbalizing our prayer is important is because God doesn't want us just to to get things like an automatic conveyor belt god wants us to think about them and to desire them and to prepare for them so prayer is also to do with being prepared and that's why we need to figuratively at least figuratively at least give our hearty amen to this prayer to express our amen now paul distinguishes the love of god implying the father because we've seen the cost of a father giving his only and his beloved son we see a generous God who gave his very best to save the very worst. And this giving love is at the heart of how God is revealed to us in the Bible. The most famous verse in the Bible is John three sixteen, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. God so loved the world. So this is the, the heart of the, the Bible, really, that God had a whole ocean of love to pour out upon us but sin got in the way and grace had to make a way the grace that the lord jesus brought into action has opened up this passage this way for us to experience the love of the father now just a a quick question for you was the father forced by the son was the father forced by the son well the answer is absolutely no not at all and not in any way. The sacrifice of Jesus didn't push or persuade the Father to love us. Now, before time began, God had set his love upon us. The Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit had worked together on this plan in eternity. And the plan was that like a, the reservoir behind a dam, the love was always there, but sin had to be dealt with. And the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ opened that floodgate so that we can now see and experience the love of God released out from the reservoir because god's love has been poured out into our hearts through the holy spirit who has been given to us now essentially if you refuse to become a christian because i don't know all your hearts here if you are refusing to become a christian ultimately you are refusing to be loved by god you're refusing what god has stored up that god is able to lavish upon you if only you'll say yes i know i'm a sinner i put my trust in jesus i believe that he died for me he rose again he's the son of god and the savior that i need if only we're willing to accept and to believe the in jesus then the release is there and we can experience the love of god and if you're not yet a christian i really really encourage you to accept jesus as your lord and savior and see that he's the one who can release that love and this love outpoured will, will change and shape our community as a collection of believers, as a community of believers. Uh, it'll affect our fellowship. It'll, it'll affect our daily lives, our personal daily lives, how we interact with our families and uh, the people around us in our work lives and, and school lives and study lives. Now, this love will change us, but it won't happen over all overnight. There'll be some dramatic changes, possibly, uh, and there'll be some big things that we overcome, but there'll be other things but it'll take a long time. It's a lifetime revolution and a life revolution that will take a lifetime. And so we need to be patient with each other as God changes us and keep trusting the Lord to change ourselves. So we need to recognise this. Some areas, areas of our lives are deeply hurt and scarred, maybe by our own mistakes, maybe by the hurts and the pains that have come from the effects of other people hurting us and sinning against us, and to learn to live in love in some ways will take a, a lot of washing with that flood of love, a lot of caring from from each other, a lot of grace from each other. But it will change us for the better. It can't but change us, not change us for the better, because it's such a powerful love, and so we can revel and awe in the prayer of Jesus. Back in John seventeen twenty two, he prays about us. He prays about you. If you love Jesus, I have given them the glory that you gave me so that they may be one as we are one, I in them and you in me, so that they may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. Father, I want those you've given me to be with me where I am and to see my glory, the glory you've given me because you loved me before the creation of the world. This is a love for you to share in. Are you ready to say amen? Let's read it and let's pray it. And if you really mean it, let's say